Hey everyone, welcome to this week's Going in Circles Big Monday show. My name is Charles Simon. I am your host of the Going in Circles Podcast Network. My friend and handicapping expert Barry Spears, the sniper, will be with us right after the break. If Spotify plays the Big Monday show in the order that it's sent in to Spotify, but sometimes they adjust it. Anyways, uh, we're going to talk about the Pennsylvania Derby. We're going to talk about training up, how it's uh, not great, um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Be back here in just a minute. Hey there, Mr. Spears. Hey, hey. Chuck Simon. How are you doing? Live from Saratoga. I'm live from Saratoga. Where the uh, where the fall has arrived. What's fall? I have no idea what that is. It's, it's when you stumble and you hit the ground. Oh, okay. I've done that. Yes. Except here you do it when it's 65 degrees. Does not compute. Anything Actually, under seventy, be, I don't. I don't even understand. It's it. supposed to be the highs. I just looked a little while ago. For about the next ten days, the highs are supposed to be in the seventies. Is so, that good? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't know how much you get out and about, but that has to be okay. Like rather comfortable. Yeah, so the daytime's fine. It's the mornings are kind of cold. Ooh. But, no, uh, but that's going to happen. It's going to happen. And there's just not much we can do about it. So, uh, you know, fall used to be huh? the the kickoff of a lot of great racing. Man, the fall meet at, at Belmont back in the 90s was the shiznit, my friend. Yeah, the fall championship meet. Oh, it was the greatest. And I remember it distinctly because Gary Stevens – came over to ride just for that meet. Yeah. And it was a big deal. I remember Corey Nakatani came one time. Same, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> it was There's a big deal. Of... A California guy come out for the whole meet. Yeah, not much going on out there at this, that time of the year. And it used to be great. Now, uh... now it's not. Now it's terrible. Now it's aqueduct. <laughs> now it's aqueduct and... And, uh, and and ducking, <laughs> like the super trainer horses, they all they all like they're like the geese that fly south. They're they're ducking. We we can't even have Breeders' Cup prep days anymore. Yeah, you have to have nobody wants to run. It's, it's unreal, bro. It's 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 incredible. I mean, it really is incredible. I, I just like. I mean, I hate. The- <laughs> Every week, be like these the purveyors of doom. But I mean, like if you if you have a stake in this business, if you're employed in this business, you have a business in this, in the industry. Like you better consider doing something else. And I don't want to sound like alarmist or anything, but tracks keep closing and no tracks open. Every time a track closes, that's a whole lot of people that leave the business. And maybe because uh, a lot of these tracks aren't mainstream tracks, people kind of just 
shrug it off, but Hollywood they're an important Park. cog, man. They're, Hollywood they're... Park wasn't wasn't a, a small track. Neither was Arlington. <laughs> exactly. Calder. In the entire New England region, the entire right. Bay Area, Suffolk, Rockingham, most of Chicago. I mean, and and everything is is despite. And I really think that for this year was, and this is of course just a personal thing because, you know, how you consume news or, or whatever is, is, how much you pay attention to it is, is all personal choice. But I think even now the amount of swooning over high dollar yearling purchases, which is always a September type of thing, mm. has reached uh, the point where it, it almost doesn't even happen. I mean, there's hardly anybody even cheerleading these kind of things. And, I mean, it's it's kind of an innocuous thing any, either way, right? I mean, rich people <laughs> buying rich people buying expensive horses that probably won't work yeah. out. Uh, I mean, it's great if you're selling them, but um, I, I think that's a sign. That's a sign that the interest in this game has reached an, a, an epidemically, you know, like a, like a low, low point. point. Yeah, low, low point. Right. I mean, look at the full crop situation, 18,000 foals, man. That's, that's going down. It's, and it's like, man. And, and, and like, we have it should be the trending air. the other way. This I mean, is our like, fourth season of doing this, the fourth year of doing this. Yep. And this has been a, a primary uh, topic of conversation for us for years in that this is one of the foundation pieces of the business that needs to be shored up. It needs to be fixed. This is an issue. And it doesn't. And I, I say the jockey club pays attention to everything but what it should be paying attention to. And that's trying to to, to make more horses. I mean, we have to reverse the trend. If the trend isn't reversed, the business will just accelerate on the way down. <laughs> Right, uh, the spiral will go faster. Let me just explain this to you once again. This cannot be a business, an industry that survives with seven or eight tracks. It won't, it will implode. I don't know why that's so hard to understand. We are facing monumental competition. And even if you yourself don't bet on sports or don't know anybody that bets on sports or, or whatever. The fact is that the customers are going there. And why wouldn't they? Hmm. I mean, why wouldn't they? Think about this past Saturday. Saturday's the biggest day, right, for, for racing. It's the third week in September. And we're, we're six weeks out from the Breeders' Cup. And we have a day. And I understand it was some weather. But we we had parks. And, and that's two, it. And two tapioca <laughs> tracks. Yeah. On a Saturday afternoon. And, and there was a whole slew of college games, high-profile games, ranked teams playing each other on national TV, on every channel, every single channel. I send you a schedule. 
Fox, ABC, NBC, CBS, both ESPNs, uh, FS1, USA Network. I, I can't – every network out there had, had college football games on And that's there. not an exaggeration because I, I went – I was looking for games <laughs> and, and I stumbled across at least 20 going on like, you know, it was, and, and it was we, wild. And- Meanwhile, we're offering, and the card that they, they they canceled at Aqueduct, I mean, it wasn't some great card. It looked right, like it was a wintertime Aqueduct card with with a with one uh, grass stake. stake and a New York grass yeah. stake. It's it's just troubling that people aren't like in a if you're uh, involved in the industry, if you're not involved in the industry, and you just bet on the races. I mean, honestly. What is, uh, you know, what are you supposed to do? There's nothing you can really do. You, you're, you're, your participation in the game is all voluntary. I mean, you, you can bet or, or pay attention as much as you want to or as, mm. as little as you want to. But the people in the business, I, I just don't see why there's not. Like, like, I don't hear anyone, you know, you, you, you say, like, in the beginning where the, purveyors of doom but i don't see anybody talking about this stuff or hear it i i don't i i mean some of it yes off the record um a little bit but not at least from from my perspective or my opinion it should be you know broadcast louder by more people that are in this industry trying to make it work because otherwise it looks like nobody cares and it's just going to just continue to spiral downward and kind of fade into the background. I don't know if people expect some miracle to happen. I mean, Hissa clearly is not that it never was that it was never designed to be that. So, you know, sitting on our hands as an industry isn't going to solve these issues. People got to start doing things. And if they don't, then the writing's on the wall. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And, and, and like, I get that most people don't have any real power, real authority, real say in anything, but there has to be a movement started somewhere to start to make changes and like there has to be something done synthetic tracks are not what we're talking about they're they're meaningless it's a totally meaningless waste of money it's not going to help i don't know why how many times i got to say this i mean you have people on the internet now comparing breakdowns and saying that oh well the synthetic track breakdown at gulfstream in the first race saturday wasn't as bad as the one uh at aqueduct on sunday because um uh, you know they're they're gonna do surgery on. I like. Are you kidding? <laughs> it just, it just you can't. That's like the jump the shark moment. No, it's like well, this child molester only you know right. He, he, <laughs> it's he like right. the twelve year olds and they're you know this this guy he, he oh, anything's free game with that guy you know like I mean how, you can't compare these things, you morons. It's just like everyone's so desperate to get their 
you know, their pet peeve. Oh, well, we need to do this. We need to do that. We need to do this. But nothing really tangible gets done. We need to do things that make a difference, not bullshit things. Oh, well, you know, people are breeding for speed. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that one kills me, though. Yeah. yeah. Keep, 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 keep saying that. And, and then give me some sort of clue. E- email me. Going in circles podcast at gmail.com. Email me your idea of how that problem could be dealt with. Just I, I'd love to know. I just want to know how how that could could be done. I just don't understand. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I'd be interested to see you that know, email. Because yeah. I, I mean I don't I don't I can't connect the dots. I, well, it's, I, it's I, like saying, you know what? NBA teams should get better shooters. Yeah, they all should. <laughs> they all would. Trust me. Yeah, right. Oh yeah, they should just get better shooters. Make, yeah. Get better shooters, though. They make more shots. Yeah. Yeah. That's simple. Yeah. Right? Sure. Exactly. You know. You know. It's funny you bring that up because my dad um, <clears throat> used to always say, "Great shooters are born, but you can make a very good shooter." Shooting can be improved. There's no doubt about it. I mean, yeah. you, you can become a better yeah, yeah, like somebody like Steph Curry. You can't become a freak. You can't he, become Steph Curry. Ever. Exactly. He's just one of a kind. There's no answer to that. But you can get somebody out there as good as his dad. But and the, the whole thing, though, going back to the, <laughs> yeah. the, the breeding for speed is that yeah. you just like, what, what does that mean? Like Nobody you, knows what that like, means. I don't care about anybody's uh, opinions about things. I really don't. I don't care. You can have whatever. People have ridiculous opinions all the time. And, and as a matter of fact, the whole announcer controversy. Oh, man. Is, is about people's opinions. And, oh, well, I'm allowed to sprout my opinion. Yeah, you, you can spout your opinion all you want. But you're an asshole. It doesn't mean you're not an <laughs> asshole. Yeah, well, that's like, usually what it ends up being. Exactly. Like, it's like. I don't care about your opinion about, oh, well, we should, you know, this or that or the other thing. Give me a solution to it, a reasonable solution. Give me something that can be changed and not some pie in the sky nonsense. Oh, well, we shouldn't have horses shouldn't breed more than 30 mares or blah, 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 blah. blah. I mean, come on, be realistic. It has to be a change that can help, not just some nonsense. Not just any change. You know, you right. can't just say anything and be like, oh, well, that's a change. So it's good. Right. Yeah, no, it has to be something that it has to be a move to the business direction. You have yeah. to just like the ship is 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 going accelerating while it's heading directly towards the giant iceberg. You have to 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 make moves to shift away from the iceberg. You know, throwing two deck chairs off the side isn't going to help. The real real changes, and we've well, we've talked about them, but. I want to hear people tell me this. I, this is what I want to hear. I'm with you because and, I, I've it heard never, of, oh, it we can't happened. do that. I heard a lot of we can't, but nothing like we can. Like, for example, to me, this would be the perfect time for a track like Gulfstream to start limiting stalls. Get the word out. Start right now for the championship meet. We're capping stalls at this many. That's it. We don't want to hear it. 
This is what the rules are. You, and this you is know what the, we're doing. To be honest, you can't even, you cannot depend on the tracks to do. No, it. because they don't want to do it. They, they, they clearly don't care, or they it, just it like they like the way it is. Or it, it has something. to be done by decree. It just it can't be done by volunteering. There, there's no voluntary. It, it's just like the same thing. Trainers, you, you, you say, well, you know, if you give up fifteen of your best worst horses. Well, who am I going to give them to? If I, they take them from me, they're going to give them to this other super trainer, which is true. Most most of the it's time, true. yeah. Mm-hmm. It has to be, there has to be parameters set. And and that's that's what's happened in this business is that people have just, they've dropped all the parameters. And then it's, it's like, oh, well, we don't want so-and-so to get mad. Why not? I don't care if they get mad. There's no owners that, that, that matter in this business. Do you not understand that? There's no big owners that really matter. What do they really do? What will their leaving this business do? Oh, cause people in the sales game and the breeding game to make less money? Guess what? That's coming. Mm-hmm. Closing tracks? Yep. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> how many how many, how many marriages are you going to need if, if there's four tracks left open? <laughs> I mean, it's like Bob and Beverly Lewis were big, big, uh, they, they bought horses at sale, they raced horses, and they were great, you know, nice people. Um, <clears throat> at the end, after Bob died, Beverly started selling horses, breeding and selling, which, you know. <laughs> a little strange. Baffles me why an 87-year-old lady would want to, you know, sell horses commercially, but uh, whatever. They were, quote-unquote, big you know, grid for the business, right? Well, guess what? They both they both died because they got old, and, and the game went on. Mm-hmm. Who's bigger in New York than the Phippses? Ogden Phipps and, and his son, Denny. They had great horses, great horses. Lists like like lists of great horses. When you drove in the backside of Belmont Park, the first barn when you saw right in front of you, Shug McGee's barn. And that was where all the Phipps horses were since I was a kid. And they both passed away. And the family, they've, you know, they still have a couple of horses here and there, but it isn't like it used to be. No, not have, have they stopped racing at Saratoga? Has, has Belmont stopped racing? Well, I guess they have. But I mean, is, <laughs> is, is New York racing like going off the rails because they're not there? No. <laughs> it doesn't matter if Mike Rapoli gets out of the business. It's meaningless. It's it's a right. Blip. I mean, look at Do we what's want his him name? to get out of the business? No, of course not. We want we want him to bring more people in. Right. It's like uh, what's his name? Peter Brent. He left and came back, yeah. and it's like nobody even noticed. We don't want them to leave, but if they do, they do. If they if if having parameters and having rules and having limits is too much for them to bear, then you know what? Then they need to leave. Because if we don't protect the the middle class that's left, you're going to get into a situation where you have nothing but terrible horses and 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 expensive horses. And how do you write cards with those? How do you fin- how do you fill races? How, how do you, how do you have uh, representative cards? Right, we wouldn't know what to do anyway because it's never been done that way. <laughs> like nothing matters. Like I, I, we said this last week, and no trainer matters if they went out of business. It doesn't matter. 
Right. As a matter of fact, we had we actually had an answer to uh, who's the most important person in racing. I don't agree with this, is is because I, I yeah I saw that was answer. A, was a positive thing, not not a negative thing, but uh, one of the elite elite seventeen that bets you know ungodly amounts of money, but they're they're a they're a disruptor. They're they they hurt the business. They don't help the business. They create chaos in the betting pools. Understatement. I do not believe that they are a positive. I also do not believe that if they happen to go away, that it would be a negative. It would be something that um, all the little suits would have to scurry around to try to come up with excuses why their handle went down. But their handle's going down anyways. Right. I mean, all they're doing is basically creatively arranging numbers <laughs> yeah right now basically. that's all they're doing it's like the salary cap you know like the salary cap and, and football and I, I was um pull a pocket made a comment about justin jefferson of the vikings and how who's one of the best players in the league at his position and the team he's on is like literally falling apart around him. <laughs> and he is a free agent in 2025 and I, I, so I looked up his contract status, and it's funny how it's structured because he makes like three or four million dollars a year every year. And then next year, because you know, I, I know I'm not talking about the salary cap, right? He makes the most, but, right? But next week, no, no, next year he makes 19 million. Yeah, he makes the most, yeah, because they declined his option to extend his contract so this other thing kicks in and now he makes 19 million (laughs) and it's just kind of like um you know they're playing with numbers right just 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 the skirt around salary cap situation every time teams get in these salary cap binds where they run out of money they quote unquote or front load or back load restructure guys contracts and all Mm -hmm. of a sudden they have money that, that's all that's all the, the, the CAW teams really are. They're just they're just it's they're just moving money around. They get rebates to the point where the tracks barely make any money off of them. I know that's hard for people to understand, but if you bet a dollar, the track makes a lot more money off your dollar than it does off of a, uh, a computer wagering dollar. <laughs> Which is crazy yet, to me yet, why they don't, they don't go you. after the real dollars. And they don't care about you, but they, 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 they bend over backwards for the other things. Right, it just Which makes, makes no sense. You know, it makes no sense, which of course makes people think, well, I'm sure that these, you know, the, the rebates also might be shared with the suits themselves. It's a problem the IRS might have to investigate. But um, speaking of IRS investigating, <laughs> what? Yeah, if you're going to manipulate, like if, if you're going to make bets for people to avoid taxes and, and, and for people that are betting in states that, that aren't, you know, certain bets aren't available, you probably shouldn't admit it on Twitter. <laughs> Not a lawyer. I didn't stay on Holiday Inn Express last night, but I'm sh- pretty sure that putting it in a public forum that you've committed acts that are at least tax evasion, probably conspiracy, probably not a good idea. But, you know, just, just saying. Just saying. <laughs> a wild business, man. <laughs> they're going to write something. They're going to. 
Uh, that'll be a nice business. Uh, it'll be a good book. Yeah, I mean, but all I, I just don't want it to be in my lifetime where they're writing, you know, the, the obituary of horse racing. Like, you know, I, I want I, I want Sabria to go to the races on her own when she's older. I'd like to see that. But at the rate we're going now, by the time she's 18, it's going to be gone or a lot of it. And that's terrible to say. And I said it a long time ago. And it seems like we're on pace and maybe even ahead of schedule on that. And that's uh, it's just alarming. It is. It's, it's it's alarming. It's it's sad in a lot of ways. It's it's really sad. I mean, it's just to the point now where, and I think that the one thing that we tried to convey, I know, like last week especially, was that that nobody feels good about this business anymore. I mean, and that's that's a mass that's a massive problem. This is not. Uh, an important business in the scheme of things. Right. It's not necessary. It's not, it's not necessary. Right. I I remember I I trained for Larry Enzer and among the 12 million hours of of dissertations (laughs) that he used to send me, um, one thing he he did that stuck out and and, and he was hundred percent right. And then he used to say, nobody needs to own a racehorse. And, And that's the truth. There's, there's no need to do it. It has to be a want thing. It has to be, I want to participate in this. I want to do this. And what we have now is the opposite. And of the people that do want to be in the business, they want to be in it for the wrong reasons. They just want to make money at it. And, I mean, making money is fine, but if you're a really rich person, I I don't care. I, I want you to lose money. I don't like you. <laughs> Seriously, like, do do I think it's acceptable? Uh, well, there was a conversation on Twitter yesterday, and and it's about, um, you know, Pennsylvania in, in particular, and how uh, they've had a massive amount of money from slot machines go into purses, and everyone blames the horsemen. And I'm like, and I just think the people are, are completely. You're not, you're not getting it, right? Yeah. You, you, you're you're picking out the easy target, and the easy targets horse the, the horsemen and the purses because you see it, you see the purse, you see the horses running for that purse, so you can deduct that. Well, that's stupid. That these horses don't need to run for that much. But you're not understanding that the game is failing there because of the tracks, not because of the horsemen. The horsemen are the players. Mm. The players don't market the sport. The team and the leagues do. The league is owned by the teams. In racing, the track is is a is an integral part of the, of, of racing. I mean, is it not? Is is, is racing not? <laughs> is the track not part of racing? So when people give them a pass and say, "Well, I understand why they just want to have slots because you know they make a lot more money at it," well. That's not, you know, yeah, that's logical that, that they would want to do that. But that doesn't mean that, that you shouldn't want to burn their, their executive offices down for ruining right. racing. <laughs> I'm not suggesting anyone do, do that. But, I mean, 
they're the problem. <laughs> You're saying, well, why shouldn't, why didn't the horsemen do this? Why didn't the horsemen do that? In the end, the tracks will still be there and the horsemen won't be there. True. But I think people completely misunderstand what horsemen are. Horsemen are, it's like the backside of a racetrack is a bunch of little tiny businesses mm-hmm. that are understaffed, that are underfunded, that don't have, I mean, they're not run like a normal business would be because it's a, it's a seven day a week, 24 hour a day thing. And it's, it's a competitive thing and it's just not, you can't just wrap it up in a box and, and, and say, well, this is what they should do. Like, uh, a nine to five business or a retail store or something like that. But horsemen's organizations, they're not set up to do these things. They represent the horsemen, but they represent the horsemen in contract negotiations with the track where they always get wiped out. And they're not even allowed in a lot of States. They're not even allowed to bring in a lawyer. If they don't have one that's been elected to the board of the horsemen, because they're not a quote-unquote union. They can't unionize. And most of them ha- have like two employees, three employees. They don't have these people that are going to look to the future and figure out <laughs> you know, where we should invest or what we should do about this and well, we should convince the tracks. You're the, if, you're, if you're a better, you're not the, the horseman's customer. You're the track's customer. Mm-hmm. And this isn't to say that as a group, the tracks and the horsemen and the breeders and whoever else is, has something at stake in, in the, the state or any state shouldn't have uh, had a, a better vision of, of what was going to happen. But in the end, you essentially are going to make the horsemen go hand in hand with the racetrack to go to the legislation to get this these these things passed and then once it's passed have the horsemen immediately turn and do a 180 and 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 have a um, a toxic relationship with the track because now you're saying oh well we have to do this to prevent the track from you know wanting to get rid of us and most of the horsemen's organization and most of the horsemen were naive about it and they're still naive about it they're still naive about it. And how can they afford to be naive about that? <laughs> because they're not unions, man. They're not like they don't have the National HGPA is like a two person operation. I mean, these are not like it's not a conglomerate or some no. corporation. It's just people <laughs> you know single individuals and maybe a couple others that are doing i mean and and they have horsemen have a lot of issues on the backside they have to deal with and that gets most of their attention because that's what they're set up to do right they weren't set up to look for to the the future of racing and again are they going to pay the price for it sure But I mean, the, the auto workers—they they don't donate 
portions of their salary so that the the Ford can can market the new cars, right? So it's all well, you know. I mean, in the end, if they sell more cars, uh, you know, everybody in, wins. In, in, in theory, yeah, the the money will trickle down, right? Except it doesn't. Never does. <laughs> so why would that be true with with in racing? People say that, oh, well, the horsemen should lower purses. Well, why did the track gets five times as much money? Why why wouldn't they have to contribute something? Why are they let off the hook? And they are. And it's because people don't, don't see how much money that they have. They don't see what they get. They don't see where it goes. It goes to profits. Despite the purse, the purse increases... Most of the backside still loses money. Most of the owners still lose money. Most of the trainers don't make a whole lot of money. The track makes more profits. The backside, you know, the the big outfits do great, and everybody else struggles. And you know, yet people still want to point to purses as the problem. The purses aren't the problem. They never uh-huh. were the problem. The purses just weren't used properly, but they weren't used properly by the tracks, the people riding the races. The tracks give out the stalls, the tracks write the races, the tracks make the calls. The idea yeah, that's why it's so absurd. That, horsemen don't have much power. That's, that's, that's why it's so absurd that they kind of try to distance themselves from these issues. Mm-hmm. It's like you guys are the main ones. You're, I mean, you're not totally you know solely responsible but you carry a lot of that weight for your role in the industry and the horsemen carry different kind of weight for their role in the industry betters the same way but it's just it's just crazy to me that nobody in this business had thought or seems to think as if you know at a certain point, things changed in society, in the world, everything. That the business had to change along with it and, and kind of adapt to whatever was going on. And I, I've said this before. It's like we're stuck in 1978. There's people that still think that. Yeah. That's the crazy thing, Barry. Mm-hmm. And the thing is this. Like, even if you took and, and you cut the purses in half... And you took that extra money, and I don't know what you do with it, but you, you did something with it, right? You lowered takeout, you, you paid for data, blah, 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 blah. Does that mean the track's going to want to stay in business? No, it's not going <laughs> to change. They're still going to want to get rid of us. Right. <laughs> They're still a, a big expense. We're still a giant pain in the ass. Backside of a racetrack's got a tremendous amount of liability. I don't know. I wouldn't even want to imagine what their electric bill is, how much water they use. Now, now you have to worry about the EPA and, and uh, insurance and, and all these issues of maintenance and track maintenance. And now you got Heisa coming in. You got a bunch of those flunkies coming and telling you, oh, you need to do this. You need to do that. That, that all costs money. It doesn't matter what the purses are. That's the stupidest thing that people like insist on. It doesn't matter. Not only that, but it's like a pool of money that's already earmarked. It, it, it doesn't matter, right? They don't. The tracks don't give that to the horsemen, right? It's negotiated it's, by law. By con- it's contracted out. It's all contractual. It's 
They don't just, oh, well, we're going to give you more. We're going to give you less. They're not giving nothing away. They're just giving out the amount that they're, they're required to give. Keeneland used to give out more than they were required to do because, you know, they were selling a billion dollars worth of horses on, and, and it was, it made sense. They wanted to have a premier meet and they, they put money into the purses for it. I mean, now Kentucky's there's rolling money. Now they have so much money in Kentucky they don't have to do with it all. But nobody says, oh, Kentucky racing's failing because purses are high. But right. That, that's like the least right. of the issues. <laughs> and, and in the end, it doesn't matter what people say. It's, I mean, it's, it's meaningless. Right. When nobody does anything. It doesn't it's... matter anyways. I mean, what does it matter what the, the customers say? The customers are just ignored. Noise. Yeah. They think it's just noise. That's all it is. But think about the situation that we're in. Think about the situation we're in, where we don't have the backing in a lot of ways of many of the facilities at which we operate on. I mean, that, that makes it a tenuous situation. <laughs> That's an understatement. Tenuous. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Can you really trust? I mean, does anybody trust the Stronic Group? I mean, you trust that they they really want to operate their tracks? It doesn't seem like that. That's what they want to do. I mean, they've closed a lot of tracks, but I don't recall them opening any. And business is not good, and Maryland is a disaster. I mean, Oaklawn's great, right? Because they have, you know, slots, and they, they they do put money into racing. No, you know, no doubt. But that's one track, and that's you know what five months of racing. Kentucky obviously is doing well because of the the the, the fake slot machines. <laughs> now they have they they have sports wagering too. I mean, is that going to negatively affect? The handle, it doesn't really matter as much now, right? Because they have so much money coming in from slots that that the, even a drop in handle is going to be kind of covered up. But, I mean, where else? It's a good question. I mean, that, that that's it. I mean, can you think of any other places where you would say, well, you know, racing's on the upswing? And, not, and don't give me the evidence of, oh, uh, Remington Park was up 4% or something like that. <laughs> no. You know? It's pretty simple. Without even, you know, you don't really have to think too deeply about it. It's a no. It's either holding on or, or it's going the other way. And it's It's, you know sick of talking about it but but unfortunately it's going to be a topic for for a long time because if changes aren't made I mean like massive changes like stall limits are the game I don't know will why not that survive just, without that's that. a low hanging one that they could you just can, knock right it out cannot survive without that yeah. it just can't 
people complain about the quality of cards in New York. Well, hello. That's the big why. reason is because you, you, you chased out all the, the middle guys. Those were the guys that, that gave you the competitive horses that made racing. Uh, I, I, like I sent you the, I don't know if you even watched it, but I sent you the. Yeah, uh, I did. The video of the, was, was it 1995? 95, yep. Yeah, the card from Saratoga. Just a regular middle of the week card at Saratoga. And did, did you see what, what horses paid? See what the prices were were paying with exactos and yeah, it wasn't wasn't many two dollar and fifty cent winners two sixties no two sixties going on and it wasn't like every race was twelve horses it was no. one race got scratched down to five I think it was like a seventy five thousand claimer but it was good racing it was competitive racing it, it was uh, look at the early double paid a hundred and something dollars with a with a two to one shot win in the first race could you imagine th- th- these days a two to one shot winning the first race and double paying a hundred no way. I think you'd have, you'd have to have a you have to have like a fifteen to one shot on the other end to get that. No. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of people don't know what that they weren't there for it, right? They weren't there. You know, you didn't see it. You, yeah, you didn't live it, and you don't really. You don't have that. It's not, you know, the context is lost for you. But I'll put it up on Twitter. It just was, you know. It wasn't really that long ago. That's the, the, the part that stands out to me. Well, it was close to 30 years ago. <laughs> That's not that long, though. In the in, like in the big <laughs> scheme of things, it's not that long. Unfortunately, it <laughs> Unfortunately, it shows how old we're getting. I know, but, but you know what? The other thing was, we didn't have eighteen pick fives, and we didn't have every bet. Every race didn't have seven different bets on it. That is true. There's an optimum number. There's an optimum price point, and, and we ain't at it. <laughs> Not even close. Bro. We, we ain't at it. But the point, I, I guess, too, is that. You had a day of racing, and, and there was no super trainers. There was nobody. It wasn't the same old guys. There wasn't, uh, um, you know, one trainer who was in every race, or, or one trainer that won three, and another trainer won three. And uh, it just—that's how it's got to be. And if that doesn't change, if the product doesn't change, because the betting, the wagering, what we have on races. That's our product. Our races are our product. And they not they're not very good. I mean, they're just not. So if that's not fixed, like people talk about marketing, man, and, and it's like racing has done a poor job. Well, you can't market a bad no product. <laughs> but the like I said yesterday, to Buck Swope, you could have the greatest marketing uh, plan in the world. But it's only going to work for a little bit of time when the product isn't any good. Uh You get exposed. People get found out. And that's the thing is we need to fix our product. You can't fix your product because, oh, well, I don't want to get so-and-so mad. You Making super trainers mad is like the greatest thing that you could possibly do for the game. Because they're not helping and again, I, I said I, I don't blame them for taking as many horses as they can. Why? Why shouldn't there? there's no? If you're not going to put the 
if you're not going to restrict the rules on the books, if you're not going to put any parameters out there, then why would they follow them? They're just trying to make as much money as they can make. But they have to be stopped. And if you don't stop it and you come up with all the excuses why you can't do it, then you know what? Just throw in the towel. This game didn't exist. It, it didn't it wasn't created to, to have five or six trainers and, 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 and a, a dozen ownership organizations win all the races. It just wasn't. And that doesn't do anything but but bring the, the collective mood of the business inside and out down. You can't have too big to fail. That's what we have in Heisa, right? Too big to fail. Hmm. You see a million little violations, but they're all bullshit violations. The only time any trainer of note gets a violation is awesome nonsense. It's a, it's it's a, oh the, you know injection of the horse within seven days or something like that. Something that doesn't really make much difference. You can jump up and down all you want, but I mean, it's really not that big of a deal. Six days, seven days, same thing. Doesn't really matter. But you don't see any of them getting any big, any positives, right? Those they, they run way, way more horses than everybody else. And somehow, they've all escaped all of these, these minute, ridiculous <laughs> issues. You think that's a coincidence? Come on, man. I, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but... You kind of have to wonder. You have to wonder. I mean, like, you know, getting to... To the the topic of the moment, you know, the, we had the Pennsylvania Derby on Saturday, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean it was a it was a, a decent race. I mean, at least it was eleven horses in there, um, and of course it was contested over a sloppy track, which there's nothing anyone can do about. Um, but you know the winner is a, is a pretty good horse Saudi Crown he's never run a bad race he's he's been right there he's either won or just got beaten every race he said what that's one two three four, that's five races now five yeah so now they don't know where to run him <laughs> they created a second breeders cup race for horses like this there's two breeders cup races yeah the mile and the and 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 he might may pass on on both of those which is just baffling to me. It's crazy, especially with what's out there, you know. It's the worst group of older horses we've seen, like... In years, like... Maybe ever. <laughs> yeah. There's nobody who's any good. No, not the older horses. Like, no, White no. Barrio is the probably he's not the top good. four-year-old, and he's not he's even not, any good. He's not a good horse. He's just a right. horse. Right. He's no good. I mean, in historical stance, yes, he's a good horse. He would beat 75,000 climbers, for sure. But he had to be dropped into an allowance race early summer or late spring in order to get a win. So let's not pretend like he's a, a holy bull. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got exactly one stake win Against, uh, you know, in a race where nobody else wanted to go to the mile and an eighth either. And who from that race, who else has come out of there and done anything or run? <laughs> Does anybody even run? So that's that's wild that Saudi Crown won't even go in the mile, even it's, if Cody's wish is in there. Like, who cares? 
I just don't get it. You know, oh, well, there's a lot of speed in the classic this year. So what? Six million dollar race. It's the biggest race we have in this country. And, right. and you, oh, there's too much speed in there. That that's right. You would think you they would find a way, excuse, whatever, to run in that race. There's no excuse. Just, just to run get a in piece. It. Yeah. So what if he loses? If he doesn't run any good, so what? He's owned by really, really ridiculously rich people from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> like the 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 net value of that horse is not going to affect their lives in any way, shape, or form. He runs in the race, he wins. He runs in the race, he loses. I mean, you, you give up when it's a year that's ripe for taking. Sure is. You could make a case, not a particularly strong one, a horse considering he's got, you know, one lifetime stake win. But if he wins the Classic, is is the Pennsylvania Derby and the Breeders' Cup Classic a stronger resume than the the Belmont Stakes and the uh, the Travers? Well, I'm sure you sure could make it's that It's very case. debatable. That's very debatable. Yeah. For sure, if anything. Puts you in the mix. It sure does, especially if the other horse runs doesn't run one, two, three. Right, runs a dud in the in the breed in the classic. Right. Then like what? that couldn't happen. I mean, it's probably more likely to happen than anything else. Like, what does running in the Clark do for you? All right, they win a race. That's nice, but who cares? He just won a Grade One, even though you know it shouldn't be a Grade One. It's still a Grade One. This year it is. So, so like, the Clark's not even a grade one anymore. That's it's a grade right. two. Grade two. <laughs> I, I just, I, I just. Well, it just understand. defies logic. I mean, if you take the logical you know, step back and kind of look at it from that perspective, it's like, well, why wouldn't you take a shot? <laughs> Other than the fact that, you know, it's like, you know how they do things in, in sports and particularly the NBA where they try to just copy one another? I feel like some of that is going on, too, where it's like, oh, well, they're not racing, so we're not going to race. Well, part of the problem, too, is that like in, in regular sports, you, you don't have a choice in who you play. They make a schedule. And that's that is play. true. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, most of the time. But you see, it, like, listen, this, this happened at boxing. It's one of the reasons why boxing uh, really fell as a sport because the guys didn't fight anymore. All they did was fight guys. It was trained. <laughs> they were they would they fight twice a year and they beat up on guys who who have no chance against them. And people stopped. You know, the network started saying, "Hey, you know what? We're not paying for this anymore." And everything went to pay-per-view, and the, and the top guys, the very top guys, still do great. But everybody else fell by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Because no one wanted to take a chance. I mean, that's what we have now. It, it would almost be like a team like... Um, I don't. I don't even. Like Michigan goes undefeated, <laughs> and says, "You know what? 
we're not going to go to the college playoff because, you know, we got to play Georgia and uh, Ohio State again. That's too tough. You know what we're going to do? We're going to we're going to go to the Peach Bowl. We're going to stay undefeated. We're gonna we're gonna beat up on on uh, Central Florida because you know we'll we'll be twenty point favorites over them, and you know, and it doesn't mean anything. Nobody cares. The Clark, no one really cares about the Clark. It's a nice race. It's an afterthought race. You know, it's, it's the little buddy race. Right. Remember. Uh... Was it last year with uh, Rich Strike? Yeah. Couldn't win anywhere else? Had no. To... Well, Proxy won. Proxy, quote-unquote, got his grade one. <laughs> I like to slap people for saying that. Because grade ones are not supposed to be like that. Right. They're not supposed to be like Tic Tacs, man. Older horse grade ones shouldn't be designed where everyone in the field isn't a grade one winner, but somebody wound up being grade one winner. I mean, it just kind of defeats the whole purpose of grade <laughs> one races. It's one thing in, in two-year-old races. It's one thing in early season three-year-old races. But horses that have had two or three campaigns are still not grade one winners winning grade one races just kind of shows you the the lack of quality out there. And and I'm believing I I support the Clark and not being grade one. I don't support the Naira mile not being grade one because there just aren't very many one turn mile race graded stakes. And there should be the Met mile breeders cup mile, even though the breeders cup mile is usually two turns nowadays. The, the, the Naira Mile. Um, well, hell, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, those two. And... Right. I mean, we have 57 graded uh, older horse turf stakes. You know, Mike Maker wins eight of them a year with horses he claimed for 50,000. <laughs> so I, I think it's kind of bizarre that the Arkansas Derby is a grade one and the Naira Mile is not. I mean, that alone has just says all you need to say about Indeed. how things are set up. No, it used to be a great time, man. It used to be a time where the horses from the West Coast would travel east. They would you would see the ones that you heard about that you hadn't seen. That right, much. you only read about them in the in the right. form. Right, and horses that you had to go on the road and win races. You had to win races. I mean, the Belmont Fall Championship meet. You had the the Woodward. You had the Jockey Club Gold Cup, and you had the Marlboro Cup, which was a Grade One race. And it was big money too. The cigarette company put up a, a huge money for sponsoring. Oh, yeah. There's three of them at Belmont in the fall. Those are the races you needed to win. You wanted to get the Eclipse for Handicap Horse. Yeah, I remember back in the day, Bounding Basque and those kind of, those, those, that group of horses. 
late 80s, mid 90s. It's unmatched. Yeah, now, now all we do is, 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 um, there were rivalries then too. Like you'd see horses go against each other multiple times. Like not the best horses, but horses that were notable, even the lower level stakes horses, you know, banging heads. We don't get any of that. No, no. I mean, you know, the wise person that told me the competitive advantage is gone and once that's restored everything will look a little bit better and feel a lot better it's totally on point um because it's just like you know super trainers on the back side caws on the front side and they're killing it for everybody and, and almost to the point where it's just making people not want to play and I shouldn't say almost because I see it all the time. People just don't. They're like, nah, I'm not I'm not even playing this weekend or today because of it's just I don't feel like it. It you know, before it was, you know, oh man, I can't wait. I was excited. Now it's like, eh, I have to see. We'll see. Yeah. And the more it gets to be like a, eh, maybe we'll get to it kind of thing, the more it's going to spiral down into and fade into the abyss because got to give people something to get excited about. And right now, it's not working. I mean, it will in a month, you know, once Breeders' Cup, like around that time, everybody gets excited for sure. But then, you know, after those two days are over, the hangover sets in. And it's like, all right, well, 2024 is coming. What next? And we're probably going to be in a worse place than we were two, three, four months prior. And that's just not a good way to operate. I don't even think that the Breeders' Cup is going to be. I think you're going to see a, a downward trend and. Yeah, because like, really, if you think about what we've been seeing all year from the horses that we've been seeing and that would participate in the Breeders' Cup, it's not going to be as compelling as we normally or would think it would be. No, because no one races. <clears throat> right, nobody's running. People don't get excited about horses they saw run three months ago. Right, that's the whole thing. That there's was... no flight line. Just right. Flight that line was the issue with flight line generation. And but even so, flight line generated no buzz outside of racing. No buzz. Zero. There was less than a million people watched on television, national television, the Breeders' Cup Classic last year. Less than a million people. Do you know what kind of rating that is? Put it this way. 17 million watched the Derby. <laughs> of course, the Derby is different. The Derby is a, a cultural phenomenon. It's uh, part of Americana. It's always going to get... There's nothing in, that racing can ever do to ever have any other race get anything near the Derby. Um, but... The Breeders' Cup is not a big event anymore outside of racing. This isn't. Decisions were made to 
to take a lot of the races off of network television. And they were bad decisions. I mean, you might think that, you know, maybe they got a better deal from NBC. Or, <laughs> but they didn't in the end because people aren't watching it. We're having to sell our own advertising. And it's become an inclusive thing. It's just like so much of other uh, other parts of racing. I put up earlier in the week, I was just messing around because I was bored, uh, honestly, more than anything. But a picture of my ticket from the 1989 Breeders' Cup. Oh, yeah. That's all right. So I got to see Sunday Silence versus Easy Goer. For five dollars. Five bucks. Grandstand admission. Five bucks. Everybody wants to tell me it's an event and this and that, and that's why it's okay to charge $1,200 a day for tickets. And there's always going to be people to buy them because there are wealthy people that are interested in this. But everybody else doesn't care anymore. <laughs> I think that's the problem. And I think that's the thing that that just is missed, man. And you got to make people want to care. Yeah, right now the interest level is at an all-time low. Nobody cares, like across the board. No, nobody cares. I mean, we don't... You go on horse racing, and this is... A, a, it's a poor measuring stick in some ways, but it's not in other ways. You go on horse racing social media, and no one's talking about the horses. <laughs> That's true. No one's talking, talking about everything who's, but who's be the honest. best horse or who's the best this or who's the best that. It's just gloom and doom and people, you know, talking about, oh, we need to do this, we need to do that. And, and most people don't know what the hell they're talking about. You know, they, they come up with ideas that just aren't feasible or just are, are, are not going to. A or not going to work. B, or you know, just just want to always constantly negative, 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 negative. And it isn't like we're rays of sunshine all the time, but no. at some point you have to kind of be real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, be realistic and and understand the problems and and how to fix. Them. But it, but at least like you know, like we don't even see discussions about horses. None. It's just about takeout. It's about and and and, and I'm not discounting any of the issues that, that we have. We have a multitude of issues. But it's a lot more fun to talk about horses. I mean, we, we wind up uh, in that same situation here, doing this show. But the fact of the matter is, like, a lot of weekends, there's just not that much to talk about. Right, like this weekend. Yeah, we, we saw the cotillion. We saw the... Um... Parks Derby, but after that, the the PA Derby. After that, there really wasn't much going on. I mean, Oklahoma Derby yesterday was a decent race and it was exciting. But those are three races run on the weekend. Nothing much after that, and not all on the same day either. No, no, right. I think one of the interesting dilemmas that the Breeders' Cup poses 
this year is the Echo Zulu Gunite issue. And that they both figure to do better in the sprint. <laughs> and Asmussen has an issue because they're owned by the same people. Um, Echo Zulu could run in the Philly and Mare sprint, but A, it's it's a million dollars less. B, he's got another Philly in there. It's got the same exact running style. <laughs> you know. Imagine that, just trying to find a race for a horse like Echo Zulu, basically, is what so, it all comes down to. <laughs> you know, they, they wanted to, to make Gunite a miler, but the fact is, he just isn't. He's not. He's not. He clearly is not. He just isn't. He's he's not a miler, and we could have told you that before, but... Um, I wouldn't have listened anyway. <laughs> but I mean, I guess he could try to convince the connections. Ah, oh, we could run one too. That's what I would do. Yeah, personally, that's what I, I would. I would, I would have. I would have Gunite ride ride shotgun for right. Gunite just Zulu. just flank flank Echo Zulu. Gunite's really not a speed horse. I mean, he didn't get the lead in in the race going two turns. No, he didn't. <laughs> He's not outrunning Echo Zulu, and you know Steve has said, "Well, you know we worked them against each other." But yeah, it's it's not a, it's different though. It's a race. It's not a work. I'm sure they didn't work them six furlongs all out. Right, all out like a right. like a race. Yes, you know, gonna Echo Zulu is going to go 44 to the half. I'm sure she didn't go 44 in a work. But no, it, it's it's an interesting issue because. You know, back in the day, there would be no issue. A, there wasn't any Breeders' Cup mile. And there wasn't any Philly Mare Sprint. They would run in those races. Right, they'd, they'd run, run in the, the regular ones. That'd right. be the race to run. And I mean, even the truth of the matter is that people, again, are going to say, oh, well, you're always criticizing them. But the Breeders' Cup races, they were, they were, you know, the purses aren't, as big as they need to be in some cases, maybe. Seems like they all should have the baseline of two million. Probably. You know, at, at least at um, the maybe bottom. Maybe not the two-year-old races because two-year-old. Uh, yeah, that's especially true. the turf races because the fact is there just aren't any alternatives. Right. Yeah. There's not alternatives for those horses. Um. But. The older horse races, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I guess in the end, everything that we've been talking about and things that are going on, it just, I don't understand how the tracks and everybody else don't understand this, but. Just hearing the things, seeing the pulse of of what horse players think, what horsemen are saying, it's clear that there's changes that need to be made. I just don't understand why they don't make any. I I, I bet you, you know what, too, is, is if you if we could have these people, uh, if we could get suits to, to interview separately, of course, 
I, I almost guarantee you they would all say, well, we can't do it alone. We can't be the, you know, well, why, you know blah, blah, blah. It'll hurt our business. Blah, blah, blah. You know, my, my, my allegiance is to uh, my, my, my employer. My employer wants to do this and that and the other thing. And I'm sure there's some truth to that, but that, that's why it has to be done on, on, a, on a bigger scale. Like, instead of having the Jockey Club Roundtable have the same old bullshit, mm. well, you know, why not actually have people there and say, listen, this let's is make decisions. Right. Let's, let's get it done. Let's lock ourselves in this room and, and, and make these decisions. And let's start here today. Let's start to do something that actually matters. I mean, if you just wrote a checklist of things to do, you need to make owning horses. You need to incentivize them and not through my racehorse. That's got to be kicked off to the side. It doesn't matter because it's not helping. You need to incentivize people owning horses. You need more horses. Mm-hmm. Supply, man. The supply is low. The supply has to be made higher. It just it just has to. You need to create a better price point for players. There's competition now. This is not the only game in town. You need to in part of that there's a lot of issues that stem from there that, that have to be addressed as well. Mm-hmm. The CAW teams have got to be addressed. I, I don't want to hear any in a meaningful way. I don't want to hear mathematicians telling me, "Oh well, but no, you don't get it. You don't get it. They've got to be addressed. They can't stay like they are." When they were going to ruin us, the handle. It was acceptable to have them in the in the in the, in the game. But they cannot be an increasingly bigger part of this game. I mean, right? We can't rely on because you know what's going to anyway. happen. They're going to they're going to leave at some point. They're going to hit that law. Of, the law of diminishing returns is going to have a point where they they don't. They're just playing against each other, and the profitability is going to be lowered to the point where there's not enough suckers' money in in, in the pools. Right, and they end up ripping each other off. <laughs> Basically, well, they're, they're just no. They're not going to do it. They're going to be. It'll be, or they'll stop. Right, they'll, they'll they'll slow down and they'll find something else to put money into. Because I know everyone says, "Well, you know, they're not trying to win; they're trying to break even." Because, but they're winning. They're winning. I don't believe that they're not winning. Yeah, well, and again, they're, there's they're they're winning money from retail players, people. Well, the less people there are, at what point do they start to to back out? I don't know. You tell me. But won't be a won't be a real fun game if there's not a single person left betting. It's just the uh, computer versus computer, playing running for slot money, and Brad Cox trains every horse. Well, that's why, you know, things like correctly reporting handle numbers is important because it gives an idea of how these things could be fixed. 
Well, sure, we got it. There's a guy out there that does it. He yeah, well, yeah. Crunk. But no, the, right. The, the tracks in California started lying about Handel. They started lying. There's no, there's no other way to put it. They lied. They took and, and they, they changed the description, but they don't even really come clean about that. <laughs> They're essentially double counting because if I go to Del Mar and I bet $100 on a race in New York, well, New York's going to count that $100 as handled on a New York race. Now Delmar's gonna count it too. It's fake, man. It's fake hundred for Delmar. It's not their handle. It's New York's handle. Whoever's race it's bet on, that's whose handle it is. Right. How did Ima- they imagine if every that? track did that? Imagine if all tracks did that. Oh my god, they, they they would think this business would be booming. Yeah, right. <laughs> Everybody oh, would think, oh my god, look, look, look. the healthiest industry there is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, every dollar just turned into two. Ooh, oh, we're doing awesome. Double reward points. <laughs> you know, going back to the checklist, regulation. What's happening now is not good. It's oh, not look good. at that stuff they were doing this weekend. It's not good. It's just... Uh, if, if someone needs to tell you how great they are all the time, there's a real good chance that they're not so great. And we're not making, we're not gaining anyone's confidence, but simps that don't bet anyways. So, those are all the people that are, oh, yeah, great. Oh, man, Rob Atras has only won, you know, six races this year. Oh, oh. Said, oh great, that's great. You know, they, they, they got Rob Atras under control. Meanwhile, the, everybody else. Doing Meanwhile, handle you know, wheelies behind them. Like, yeah, <laughs> big trainers are all doing whatever. Are all uh, you know immaculate? They have no issues at all. I, I said the great analogy is I said you know what they're doing with this. Heisa is, is essentially they're, they're trying to kill a spider in the closet by burning the house down. Yes, that's a that's a that was a perfect analogy. It, it was great though to see that there was a, a member of the. The, the gate crew at parks that got busted with uh, meth. So dope. Yet there's uh, a person on the board of Heisa who continues to re- remain adamant that that uh, meth is getting in horses systems is the trainer's fault. Because they just leave buckets. Management. Of management. It's management. Because, you know, I mean, it's just stupid. The, the they have stupid people. I mean, it's just, there's no other way of saying it. And see, unlike a lot of other Cretans, they want to, like, uh, give their opinions about, you know, certain people. I'm not giving anyone's name. I'm leaving it. That, that's that's left to, you know, you can figure it out if you're smart enough. But I'm not putting out someone's name out there. There's a difference. Complaining about an organization is, is different. I mean, having to give your opinion about it. Oh, my track announcer. Who cares a shit what you think about a track announcer? Track announcers don't matter. I mean, sorry, track announcers. <laughs> sorry, but, my track announcer friends. Yeah, But in the end, they, they have no effect on the race. Believe me, if those guys had effect on the race... <laughs> They would all be doing be much better. Protection. <laughs> they, yeah. 
their their wagering their their uh, ADW accounts would be much better than <laughs> his stacks. Yeah, you wouldn't have Pete Ayello betting. Right, Pete wouldn't be betting harness. He wouldn't be betting Caribbean races. Yeah, and stuff, but they don't have any effect on the race. I would much rather have a caller who I don't really like the way they call a race call my horse a winner than a guy yeah. I think who's great call my horse a loser. I mean, yeah, I hate Chris Collinsworth. He's brutal to listen to. I don't, I don't stop watching the games because he's calling them. You might <laughs> roll your eyes about 20 times when oh, he talks God. about Patrick Mahomes, but oh, yeah. Man. Oh, right. It's like, come on, man. It, it, right. it's, it's, it doesn't matter. Right, because in the end, the game is what you're there to see. And the fact of the matter is that people, it's not, it's not just about opinions. People are actually going out and saying stupid things. Like, oh, about the process of how, oh, she didn't work hard enough for this or that. How do you know what, what what she did or didn't do? That girl's been working in this business for a long time. For a long time, doing a lot of meaningful job. Who says that there there's like, oh well, she got moved to the head of the line. No, she like, called races at, at Sam Houston. It doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> there's no there's no protocols as to who gets hired in racing. Right. There's no list. <laughs> like it's like There's oh, no requirements well, you, gotta, you have to check off right this isn't a, a a job that was put out for public bid this isn't a government job i think if people had any idea how, how little that most people that don't wear suits in this business get paid they would they would they would they be would appalled themselves they would be appalled 10 times over I reminded Barry. So remember, was it last year or the year before when they were having so many issues? Naira with the timing and mm-hmm. the timer quit or this or that. And they, <laughs> they, they put oh, yeah. the job on Monster.com and they had the salary as 30000 30000 In New York. In New York, man. How, how, you can't even survive in New York under 50. Barely can do probably that. even that. I probably more like seventy. Yeah, not if you have like you know kids, a child, and a and a or if you like a spouse, <laughs> if you enjoy you know like food, food <laughs> like eating. Yeah, <laughs> I I know there's a, a well known announcer who's a friend of mine who was offered a job at a I'll just say a midwestern track. Um, a B-level track, or maybe a little less, to do the paddock, you know, analyze, you know, the paddock show kind of thing. In addition to? No, no, just to do that. And what they offered him, <laughs> he, 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 he was, like, totally insulted, first of all, that, that he thought hey. that, 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 that that they thought he would even remotely think about taking the job. Uh, and he said, you know, what you want to pay me is barely going to cover my living expenses <laughs> there. I, you know, like 
I, am I going to commute from where I live or, you know, it, it was, it was not much. And I think that people don't understand that a lot of times these jobs get taken because by people that younger people, um, because they're willing to work cheap. Right, they don't know any better at that point. Right. They just don't, they just don't see that as a, um, as a priority. I mean, someone said the other day, asking about Larry Colmas, Larry Colmas, why doesn't Larry Colmas have a job announcing races? I mean, Larry asks for a lot of money to do it. And tracks just don't, they don't want to pay it anymore. They don't see that as a revenue producing position. And hey, I don't blame him for asking for a lot of money. And, you know, he's got, he does the Derby, he does the NBC, he does Del Mar now. He's, he's got, got a lot of credentials. <laughs> you no, know, he does TVG. He's, he's shit. He probably makes as much money as most track announcers make in a month just going over to Dubai, calling it one day. But, it's not a matter of him not being a good announcer. Of course, he's a great announcer. But the tracks just don't see that as something that they want to spend a tremendous amount of money on. And, it's just a, and that's just the reality of it. Even tracks that are making tons of money in other places. I mean, what better example is there than Kentucky Downs? <laughs> they don't have a backside, essentially. They don't have that giant expense that almost every other track has. For real? And how many dates they get? Like 10 days? Seven. Seven. Seven days. There you go. And then they're done till next they, year. And they raise tech <laughs> out a point to pay for basically extraneous expenses. Right. So to In pay the big for. Picture, if you mm-hmm. look at that as as a, as a, as a, as a, as a whole, that's how we look at it. That's not how they look at it. That's how we look at it. We look at it as a whole. We look at it as one. Especially being racing people own the thing. They don't look at it that way. They don't look at that way at parks. They don't look at that way anywhere. You know? And I think that's something that we have to just... I don't even know how we're supposed to react to it. I really don't. I mean, right. (laughs) Something that you would think would be kind of common sense. I can tell you from this standpoint, from a horseman standpoint, it sucks for us to look at the tracks in that not wanting to put one extra penny in that they don't have to. I'm not talking about purses. I'm talking about a lot of the other stuff. You know, one of the dirty little secrets that nobody wants to talk about, and no one's ever going to admit publicly, but racetracks have, have cut their, their track maintenance expenses over the years. <laughs> I mean, it's just the truth. The truth. I remember you were saying that years ago mm-hmm. um, about the barn situations and it's ugly. Yeah. Yep. And 
I don't know. I just uh, I want to be more positive, but I, I just I, I just find it almost impossible to be. It's hard. It's, it's just it's impossible. Hard. I guess that's the plea that we're making. Like, just totally. So many people, and and it's not us, just us. I mean, this this comes from so many people that that we talk to that, that reach out to us. And and who are we? We don't have any industry ties, really. I mean, we we're not sponsored by anyone. We don't work for anyone. We don't. We're not tied to a TV network or or a ADW. No, no, no contractual obligations over here. <laughs> Nothing. But the very least, people understand that we're, you know, talking independently. And we're willing to speak up and say things. Um, but, man. I don't know. I just don't know. Well, if if. if if this thing is going to work and survive, then people are going to have to have their feelings hurt a little bit in certain areas, you know, AKA the stall limits. I mean, if you just start there, that would be such a huge improvement on a lot of things that that ripple effect would cause. I mean, at this point, it seems like almost a no brainer that they should be doing this, but they just don't see the light. No, no, but or they're afraid to piss the off, you know, one of the super trainers and then, you know, then what? <laughs> you know, I don't know what they think the consequences are of pissing those people off. No, right. What are they going to do? Go to France? Right. Yeah. Where are they going to go? And that, that's, that's been my, listen, that's what I've said for years. What are they going to do? <laughs> if racetrack management had, had the guts to stand up, what can they do? If you're at the one of the top tracks, what can a super trainer really do? Not run his horses, just not run. Okay, well, I, I just don't want to, you know. I just don't know what like we're supposed to do, you know. Like, what are they gonna do? What What's their alternative? They're gonna take all their horses and go where? <laughs> to another track, Dubai, <laughs> right? And leave the country. You're gonna go join Jimmy Jerkins over in Saudi Arabia. Jimmy, by the way, won three races. Last I saw that. You figured it out. Believe me. So hard. It's a lot harder than people realize that you're going over there. You don't know any of the horses. You don't know the tracks. You don't know the surfaces. The tracks are deep as deep as deep can be. You don't know your help. Half the people you don't you can't speak. You know, communicate with. It's not easy. He's but, making it work, man. He's a, a horseman he's a, is a horseman he's, is a horseman. <laughs> he's a really, he's a, he is a great trainer. Yeah. And it, it's another just sign how dysfunctional this business is because all because these, he should have all the horses. He shouldn't all, have to be over there. All these geniuses that, that advise <laughs> these owners, they're all the same. They're all cookie cutter. Owners are nuts to pay these people. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Well, not all of them. Some of them are fine. But some of them, you know, they're just brutal. And we got two stakes on Friday at New York. Is that because of the washout? 
Yeah. Yeah. A six-horse New York bred race on the grass. And the uh, Noble Damsel, which is uh, seven. That should be all right. Only, you know, Chad Brown's only got three. Only three. Yeah. Yep. Out of how many? Seven. Okay. So half. Yeah, basically. I like one tracks. I like the the um, the drawing early. Yeah, that's uh, why not. Shit, I gotta I gotta say that I do appreciate the the early. Draw. I do, I do. Yak Yak, we got that on Saturday at uh, Churchill. CD winning your in. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Um, what to say about the race? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a race. It's a race. <laughs> it's a race. Uh, the Lucas Classic. Oh boy, the tenth race last year. The Lucas Classic caused all kinds of disturbances. That was the race where. Oh, they were they were big mad. Where um, the what toe was grab the horse one. Uh, I forget. Got in a lot oh. of trouble. It was Not the horse that came back on him too. Yeah, oh, and uh, Rich Strike was in there, and Rich Strike jockey. Was There's a mandolin. No, was it mandolin? No, mandolin. No, he was done. That was uh, uh Fox. I can't even want to say Happy Jack, not Happy Jack. No, it wasn't Happy. The other horse, Applejack. Yeah. <laughs> This uh-huh. race uh, does not have much um, doesn't have much star power. American Revolution's in there, though he has been dreadful. He was so bad, I, I thought he might retire him. Rattle and roll would be the headliner. Hot Rod Charlie, dude. Hot Rod Charlie, that's right. Who I think is in Japan. I think he got sent to Japan. Oh, he got shipped over, huh? I think. <laughs> think yeah because that horse couldn't pass anybody and he came back on rich strike yeah. <laughs> that is when i knew we probably would never see rich strike in the winter circle again yes but i did see something today where he, he he's tentatively pointing to the pegasus what yeah no way Are you serious i swear yeah well, why? I don't know. I would thought <laughs> on the undercard. Would... I thought Mott would definitely knock the two other than off of that horse, which he still may. It's a prep. Yeah. Bill Mott ran cigar in an allowance race after he won the Iron Mile by eight lengths. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> he he will take a condition. <laughs> if given the the chance, he will take that condition. I, I mean, for a horse like Rich Strike, why not? Yeah, all you know, right. at least put him in the winter circle again. True. If he can do it, if he can beat me, 
I mean, these days he can't get a. He, there's no way he can get a pace that that would suit his his liking, unless somebody just unless they employ a rabbit. Yeah, of course. The um, the article I did see it, it quoted the uh, the owner, not not you know Bill Ma. So. Uh, his, his quote was, quote, the bigger races we are pointing towards would include the Pegasus. That oh, would be boy. the first grade one race we might go after, but he could race before that in a less competitive race. Which is a very strange way of putting it. But, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Oh, you know, Bill Moth hasn't even gotten the horse, so. Oh, so it's just uh, much to do about nothing at this point, then. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's all, it's all conjecture about the old Rich Strike. Richie. Richie runner-up. Yep. All the people that hated me for... For telling the truth about him. That's all we did was tell the truth about him. Ooh, they was heated. They were mad at me, too. They've been silent. There's not been much talk about that. Because well, nobody's seen him in how many months? <laughs> when was his last race? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> was, it, was it the Lucas Classic? No, it was uh, <laughs> the race on the undercard of the Derby. The Ali Sheba. The Ali Sheba. Yes, yeah. that's right. I remember that. And he didn't run a step that day either, if I recall. Yeah. Up the track. So he's been off since May, huh? Yeah. Yep. And you won't see him until 2024. Well, he's not going to Mott till November. Mott's going to squeeze in a race at Churchill. Well, if he gets them in November, <laughs> then the, the first race available at Churchill will be in April. April. Oh, yeah. If he gets them in, in, in November, he is not racing them in November. But, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't have much else, man. No, that's about it. There was really nothing much going on. You know, this past weekend was kind of a washout, and parks races were washy. Yeah, it was it was kind of ludicrous that they ran the horse on the the one race on the the turf. Man, that was wild. And they see a stake uh, with good good horses in it go five eighths and one one and two on the turf. <laughs> they usually will go in fifty five or fifty six. Right. That's pretty crazy. Hey, I had an idea. Uh-oh. So, yesterday, they had um, a horse in the Oklahoma Derby that was a joke. And, I mean, the horse was getting thrashed and made in 12 fives. <laughs> and I, I'm not sure what the reasoning is why people would ever want to spend money to enter in a race to be embarrassed. Uh, and to, personally, I think that they should just, you know, like I said last week or the week before, the entry. just put a, a, a clause in the nomination saying that 
maidens must have approval from the racing secretary in order to be nominated. I won't even take your nomination unless unless you get the, the racing secretary's approval for maidens. Maidens only, not everyone else, only maidens. That's reasonable. If you had a horse, and we're not talking about two-year-old races, we're talking about older horse races. Um, and honestly, if you had a horse who was a maiden, like Dreamlike, uh, who ran in the wood, uh, no one would have a problem with that horse running. That horse was competitive. You can ha- you can be a maiden and be competitive. I ran a maiden in the Jefferson Cup when it used to be held in the summer. Oh, so I ran seconds in it. And it wasn't really my idea, but uh, I kind of got hustled in there by, by the director of racing. <laughs> and he told me, he said, it's not a strong race. And you know what? Your horse fits, believe it or not. And we took a shot. We ran second. So it was a $200,000 race. So it was, All it was, right. Yeah. It's a nice little payday. But he had run second, like he had like four starts. He had run a good second three times. So it wasn't like he was going to be some impossible force. Right. Uh, 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 something happens either way, and, and he might have ended up in the winner's circle prior to that. But yeah, I mean, right. Yeah. It's, it's not as though maidens haven't won. I think, didn't a maiden win the stake at Turfway last December? Last. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But that, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is, is, is hopeless. 12-5. Like, they couldn't compete there. Like Uriah, Uriah's horse in the Pennsylvania Derby. That, that was just stupid. You know, he said uh, he's run. He's won with bombs before. He has. But none of them looked as poor as this one was. This horse is not even very. He's not even a good mate. He's getting. He was getting. He was getting beat up. Pumped. He was getting beat bad. Right. But what they should do, instead of having, you know, letting those horses race, they should have like a fantasy camp, like a stakes race fantasy camp. So if you're one of these owners that you want to run a horse that completely doesn't belong in a race, we'll let you come to the paddock. (laughs) You can enjoy it. Yeah. The sights and the sounds and... The handshaking and yeah. Well, matter of fact, we'll even let you gallop. We'll, we'll let you go in the pulse parade. We'll let you gallop around and warm up, but then you got to leave before the actual you know horses that belong. Before the real horses, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You come back to the paddock, and and then when the horses are racing, you unsaddle and you take your horse back to the barn. Right, and then you tell the jock, hey, yeah, you no, know, we tried, and we you didn't know. make it. Right, I mean, we make the cut. Yeah, and and you you know you pay a fee. It's added to the purse or given to charity or something, you know, like it's a good idea. Make, make a, make a, make a day of it. This way you get to go to the paddock and you know, right. You do everything but run. Yeah. It's like fantasy. Camp. Remember they used to have the baseball fantasy. Oh yeah. Camps? They, they still do that. Still, I believe down do here yeah. at the, uh, at spring training, they have the, the fantasy with the old dudes. Right. Go out there with their beer bellies and the Yankees uniforms. and Yeah, that's what they should do. Field some ground balls before the, you want to run the real and players be... come on. <laughs> well, we're not going to let you actually run, but but if, you know, for a fee, you can dress up and yeah, you, get some grounders. Horse racing fantasy camp. Yeah, that's a, that's actually a pretty good idea. Yeah. so Nobody would go for it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to fight you. 
But hey, you know, whatever. Sometimes you gotta fight. <laughs> oh man. Oh god, I just horse racing has just turned into this big mess. It's so crazy how messy it is right now. Like I said before, man, we don't even argue about horses anymore. We don't you even know, argue that about was, horses. That used to be the thing back in the day. Like, you'd go to the track and, you know, you'd be there with the, the, the legit DJs, the people that are there every day that you see every time you go in there, no matter what day it is, no matter what time it is. And those are the guys that you'd see talking about, oh, you remember – this horse and no way that horse is better and you know you'd get you'd hear those conversations and now everybody's so tied up with the hissa and the safety and the optics and and it's just not fun anymore i mean no. it's just no. it's it's just uh, i don't know i can't explain it but it's it seems like more of a chore than it is fun at times and not all the time because i still you know if it was all bad all the time i wouldn't do it you know, I wouldn't even participate, nothing. And it's not like that. But it's it's in a way that was so much different and worse than what it was even 10 years ago. <laughs> um, and there's no remedy in sight. And it's just like, you know, it was that thing like you were saying, um, you know, weeks ago about the game is built on hope. And right now, a lot of people are kind of feeling hopeless. And that's not what we need. We need people to, to get excited and, and to, to build upon what we have. But instead, it's going the opposite direction and we're losing things. And people, another trainer left the business. So, got to find a way to fix it, man. This is ridiculous. Oh, you're right. It's, it's about hope, man. And hope is, is something that's in short supply. It just is. Yeah, with this game right now, definitely. You can feel I, it. I remember reading something last year about the delusion of people betting on sports. <laughs> and I think there was USA Today or some uh, some big paper did, did a study. And they, they did a poll. And like 74% or it might have been even higher, might have been 80% of sports bettors or people that claimed that they were, you know, quote unquote, regular sports bettors thought they could beat the game. Yeah. And let me explain one thing to you. Sports bettors have zero shot of beating it. Zero. None. No, with the juice and the low odds. Because the odds are so bad in that it didn't take long for the books to really to adjust, start to adjust and hammer the players. And there's they're bigger suckers than horse well, players. Well, that's what I mean. Just think about think about what they did to combat that. They changed the parameters. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It seems like it's it's easy. But the fact is, I, I think <laughs> you know, is that there's hope. Those yeah. People, even though they're delusional. They think they can do it. Right. And, and that's and they, what we and even if they, they win once in a while and they can brag, that's that's what keeps them going back. That's what we used to have. 
Mm-hmm. And, and so many guys now, so many people, they don't even have that anymore. Right. They don't I even mean, have that. They just pound. They get sick of the late odds changes. They get sick of, of, of short fields, late scratches, about pick six nonsense, about just everything. And, and the same old people winning all the races and horses that should be nine to five or four to five, even before the late odds changes. They're just not, there's no value to be found. And it's just gotten to be where there's just not much hope. And we just don't have, we just don't have that much to, you know, there's not that much meat. Right. <laughs> yeah. We, we didn't have much to begin with. And then, you know, you peel away those layers and there's not much left. And it's like, well, you know, you got to just gotta do something to, to at least push it along and put some more be- meat on that bone because I'm sick of seeing six horse races carded with two horses that obviously and clearly are going to scratch. Yeah. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yep. I'm sick of it. It's, it's just like, well, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> True that, man. True that. I think one of the great, one of the great moments of hope for me is that, that Swift continues to bash Miami. I don't know why. He actually said something uh, pretty complimentary to Tua and then just followed it up with a bunch of nonsense <laughs> about <laughs> the Dolphins after that. I'm like, dude, the 3-0 be two difficult teams on the road, smacked up Denver. I mean, Denver, you know, Denver was 0-2 coming in, but they lost one game by a point and the other game by, by two points. Yeah. I think they were but both. But that, that should just tell you how – I mean, Denver's not great, but, I mean, Denver's not, you know – Well, of the Yale. three teams of the three teams that Miami's faced so far, they were the worst. Um, did I expect a 50-point beatdown? Hell no. No, and, but, and they, it should have been worse. The, the right, they could have made it worse. I mean, I, they were up that much – at the I was beginning watching, of the fourth quarter. <laughs> I was watching the game. At, it was out at, of hand. At a bar. So I couldn't, you know, they don't have the sound. And it, it really is a little bit jarring when you're watching a game and you're hearing a different game's broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a little while to get used to, um, you know, realizing that the sound in your ears doesn't match up with the game you're watching. But, um, you know, Miami had that short kickoff and the guy ran it back. For a touchdown, <laughs> and every other kick was through the end zone, and I think on the next, the next time they scored a touchdown, um, <laughs> I think the punter kicked off. I think that they they had so many touchdowns, they and so up. many extra points, and so many um, um, kickoffs that, that the kicker got the under. other guy needed some work. <laughs> they had to, they had to let the other guy <laughs> kick off because he <laughs> needed some work. Everybody get a chance. Uh, yeah, yeah. Miami. Sean Payton was so Miami's upset. Miami's kicker scored as many points as the Jets did, <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't even kick one field goal. Man, that's 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 hell embarrassing. I, I just think it's funny though when people say, "Oh, well, I guarantee you this team won't win the Super Bowl." It's week three, uh, right? Who cares? Like, they, there's they, 15 they... weeks to go, man. <laughs> Stuff can happen in 15 weeks. Right. Like, uh, the whole team could get injured tomorrow. Right. For- you, you can say that about every team. 
Yeah. And you'd be Literally right, everything. 29 out of 30. So does that make you a 95% prognosticator? Because you can say every team, well, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Well, you're going to be right about almost every, well, I mean, there's only one team wins. I mean, it's it's like. So really, that's that's a mush indicator. It is. It's, because it's, if, if you pick the one team and you say <laughs> that they're not winning the Super Bowl and they win the Super Bowl, you're, you're automatically. It's, it's saying that a team is not going to win the Super Bowl. At this point, is in the like, third week. Yeah, right. I mean, if you said that to, to people like, you know, in front of them, they would they would laugh at you. They're just like, <laughs> what? What? You, what? you know? Oh, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Who, who makes who makes that prediction? It's the other way. You, you want you want some kind of credibility because I know he'll keep the 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 um. The, the oh, he, he can't. And, he and, can't back and, and he'll, he'll double back to it if, if it happens. You know. Oh, see, I told you, like, like it was some brilliance. Like I said, it's a ninety-five percent chance of, of coming true. <laughs> right. There's only one Super Bowl winner. Yeah. There's only one team winner. Well, that's what I always say about boxing bets. It only come out one way. <laughs> so why are you playing these combinations that you know aren't going to come out? People who want safety, man. Yeah, I'm not down with that. The same people who bet insurance. You see, you see, I mean, you've seen over the last year enough bets for me to understand how I bet for the most part. Yeah. Exactly. But I do a lot of straight bets. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's just that's just how I roll. I don't I don't wanna I, I trim the I, fat. I, I, I will box when I have a bomb. Right. If you yeah. have you know, if I there's don't three wanna, bombs, I don't like wanna... I don't want sure. to have a horse who I sort of kind of think has a, a, a chance beat me and have a $487 exact to come Right, back. exactly. You and don't, want don't that. have anything on it. I mean, I, I will save with those kind, but I'm not going to box with a, with a seven to two and a five to two. Right. And, and you know what I, my you counter only to that is, is like those situations don't if come up enough in practice. No, they those, don't. Right. Exactly. Those situations don't come up anymore as much as they used to because of the way everything else in racing is going on. No, so now no. you have a lot of situations where you have these favorites with bombs coming in second. And it's like, well, you know, why would you box that? Because it's, it's like it was set up to run this way. Yeah, no, it's. It's, um, you know, field sizes that all plays into that kind of thing. And, and, you know, those situations really only come up, I think, most of the time during like big racing days where there's full fields. You know, there's going to be full fields like Breeders' Cup Day. You could three, four horse box on that day with confidence <laughs> and knowing you're going to make your money. And yeah. That, giving away but... the, you know, that other six or seven dollars or eight dollars or whatever. Yeah, isn't but, really going to make a difference. But you got to make sure you check the other side of the the, the page. The will so page. You you, no, the other side of the page, so you don't forget to put. Oh yeah, Australia in there. <laughs> so your six horse European box does. Dude, block. I was telling somebody because that story the other day. The one <laughs> I was telling somebody that story the other day, and I was like, you know, what was the craziest part about that is I ate at Outback Steakhouse. Not even an hour before that race went off. The draw, the late scratch. How many horses scratch into a Breeders' Cup race? 
like two. I think, rich, Pierre, I think they rich striked us uh, on that Bardot one. Or whatever his name is, the jockey. He still might be in the can. Yeah, he's he's locked up for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. He was like a rapist or something. Like, he was a criminal. He was yeah. pretty good. No, like a rapist. I'm, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he was like on some crazy thing yeah. like that. But um, yeah, he, he was Rich Strike before Rich Strike was Rich Strike. <sighs> that was brutal. I was like, who is the 16? <laughs> right. It's like, there was 16? There was a 16? <laughs> Wait, there was a 16 in that race? Uh, I had the right theory, and I still blew it. <laughs> Man, you had it. You had everybody else underneath, like, all the way down to, like, six. <laughs> I had the super. You the, had everybody. The super, the, the triple, the exact. <laughs> and I got nothing. <laughs> Trust me, I had I had all those horses in all the multis. Every horse behind him I had in the multis. Like, I was at Pompano Park. R.I.P. Pompano Park. Okay. And I was like. Who the hell's that? <laughs> Who's the 16? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, and this guy, and, and didn't he pick up? That was a pickup mount. A pickup mount, yeah. yeah. Because of COVID. Yep. Yeah, scr- the, that um, horse, there was no way he was yeah. not going to win that race. No. Was... Because he's done nothing. He really didn't do anything before and hasn't done anything since. He was he the, still in training. I think he's out of training now. I, I don't even know. He ran I, last year, but I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, don't I, I think he's anything. done. But I got to check on him. Uh, like he's side eye him. He's in the Irish old friends. <laughs> side eye that guy. Ruined my whole Breeders' Cup, literally. <laughs> After that, I was just like mentally, I was just not there. No, that. And then, uh, I think that was that wasn't that the year that uh, was that horse that Brad Cox had on the turf that just ran her eyeballs out. I remember it was number five on something. Oh yeah, yeah, the Philly. And that horse just ran and, and hasn't seen him since. Yeah, seen she ran. Since. She ran at Keeneland in the spring without Lasix and blood like. And, uh, Right, and finished last. That terrible. <laughs> Something, it was crazy. Yeah. Never raced again. And there was another one that day. I think that it was, was the like, day Castellano won on a, on a huge long shot, who I don't recall ever seeing again. But I think that was an undercard race. That wasn't actually a British card no, race. I did really good on the uh, the distaff because I, I tossed Swiss Skydiver. Yes, that's right. Yes. I, I, I hit that race, totally. too. Yep. Because you told me that. You're like, yo, I think this horse is just not going to show up. She's done. She is not going to run well. But um, but that's what we love racing for, to remember those kind of things. Right, and, and to talk about these kind of things and bad not beats. talk about and, all this other bullshit. Right, and all the, the wild stuff we used to see at the track, like, you know, when horses just do crazy stuff or the jockeys just, like, guy takes his horse 18 wide and still wins. Stuff like that. Yeah. Talk about the game itself, not the business of the game. That no. that should be left to the. The business of the game sucks, mm. and, it, and right. it's corrupt, and it's it's run by idiots, and it's just the way it's going to be. So, I, I try to convince myself to stop paying attention to it, but it's hard not to. Because... It's hard not to because it's affecting everything else. Exactly, but it it's no fun, and it's toxic, and it's just 
most of the stuff you hear is, is in the public just isn't even true. So, <laughs> but no, racing on the, the racing part of racing is, has always been great. And even that's been taken away from us. And I think that's why people just get fed up mm-hmm. training up, training up, training up, training up, training up, right. all these training up to see what? these horses, man, They're all going to lose. <laughs> You saw Archangelo. We're all going to lose. All the grass horses we run in this country, we're all going to lose. They're all going to compete. Maybe maybe we'll eke out a two-year-old race once in a while. But all the other ones, we're not going to win any of those races. Maybe we'll win the sprint. But we're just not going to win all those races. And everybody else loses. Only one horse wins. Only one horse wins. Oh, like seeing Archangelo once every three months isn't cool either he'll retire yeah of course he'll retire and then regardless the of the outcome process of small trainer gets the good horse and then campaigns him like the big trainer and then retires him and i don't blame the owner if you can get if he he makes a big score i get it you know what i i get it but i blame everybody else i blame everybody else And that's just the way it is. Yeah, it's it's kind of like we need a reset. And not every time. And not every time. I mean, every situation is different, right? Like, Mm -hmm. horses are are different. The situations are different. The soundness factors are different. But, man, it's like. This business is dying for a good horse. A really good horse. A really good horse that runs more than three times a year. Right. Someone that, that everybody can kind of appreciate and all the time or a lot. You know, we don't need a horse <laughs> that runs once every six months. It's not it's not it's not the star power we're looking for. No. Nope. Anyways, well, well, we rattled off two hours. So. I know, with no effort, <laughs> with minimal effort. Yeah, I, I heard the Tampa Bay Buccaneers today in the Monday night game were going to wear the throwback uniforms, and I turned it on, and they did not, thinking they would have the the real the creamsicles. I was yes. wondering that too. I they thought that was the, solid. They had like the the the, the throwbacks that kind of look like the ones they wear now. Yeah, I thought they were the same. See, if it's not creamsicles, like the, the, they deserve to lose. <sighs> Anyways, that's all for now. That's it. Later. <laughs>